So Danny Payne can come to the stage. DP uh, has been many places, done many things, but part of that was being here at 12th, right? He was a student pastor here, and uh, until you got, you know, let go for the second time, and then you had to go somewhere It didn't else. take. It, it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't take, go right? Well. He has led a church in Derby as well. He currently works for the KNCSB, which is the convention we belong to. And I'm so grateful for Danny because a big part of his job is connecting leaders in and around Kansas, and he has done that with a group that I'm a part of, and um, he's brought a lot of blessing into my life. So, DP, thanks Thank for being you, here, man. Can we welcome Danny to the stage? Glad We're to be so here. Glad. Thank you, guys. It is uh, good to be back with you guys. I, I, this, I told First Service this place has been such a blessing to me personally um, as I was serving, and I came here and grateful for my time here and just grateful for this church and the friendships that I've forged. And so I'm excited to be with you this morning. Um, a couple things. We are, <clears throat> you are in a, a series on the names of God. And I, um, it, it's important to me whenever I fill in for somebody, if they're not in a series, I try to jump in with the series that they're in. And so when Garen said, hey, we're going to be gone, would you jump into this series with me? And I said, absolutely. And it's funny because um, they were talking about the um, El Shaddai is, is the name that we're going to talk about and unpack here in just a moment. But I remember that song. It was Amy Grant saying it was really popular. And that was my first thought when he said, oh, I'm going to, you know, this is the one. So, but if you've got your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 17. We'll get there in just a second. But Genesis chapter 17, there'll be a, this will be a passage you're probably pretty familiar with. But have you thought about names whenever you have a child or uh, when you're thinking about, um, we're going to name our child this, or why did you select that, that name or what you were named, like were you named after a relative, a parent, somebody that was important in your life? And so I was thinking back on my name, um, and my name was, my name, my full name is Daniel Joseph Payne, and Daniel uh, in the Old Testament is the Lord is my judge, and then Joseph, I get special bonuses because I'm Joseph in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I don't know if that's worth anything or not, but it's God will give. And so those are my names, but it's interesting because names have meaning, names have a purpose, names have weight, and they, they are tied to something. I think uh, my sisters and their kids have names, but they're all attached to something important within the family. And I see it now with my nieces and nephews as they're having children. And so it's just an interesting thing. But have you ever thought about a, a name you went, man, what were they thinking naming their child that? You get, you get that weird name and you're like, Really? And so years back, uh, way back, I was serving at a church, and a couple was having their first child. And we were at a, at a gathering with a bunch of other people, and, and you know, they were talking about names. And I just blurted out, you know, you would never call a kid this name because that kid is going to eat paste and get in trouble a lot. I have no idea why I said it other than being stupid. And so guess what the parents said? That's actually the name we're going to name our child. And for about 10 or 20 seconds, you could have heard crickets chirping in awkward silence because they did name him that. He graduates from high school this year. And I'm like, I never said I would complain about somebody else's name or make fun of it ever again after that painful moment. Uh, it, was, it was brutal. But it's funny because names are a way of identifying important attributes, character, all those different things. And so I want a little, a little bit, we've, we've talked a little bit about El Shaddai, but in a nutshell, it means God Almighty. 
that God is mighty. And I think when you think about that, how important it is, and I, I, I wrote this down too, is that the addition to that is God is also in the nurturing and the sustaining of us. It's not also that God is revealing His might, but it's also in the details. We have a God who's in the details of our lives. He's in the details of our lives, and I think that's so important for us. I asked Jordan if I could borrow this. I don't know how you drive with this hanging off your car and on your rearview mirror, but that's pretty impressive. How do you do that, man? Uh, how many of you know what this is? It's a disco ball. The fact that you know that tells me something about you. The reason I brought this up, you're going, why has he got a disco ball out? Is because a disco ball, as it turns, it just has different shimmering and different, like you can just, and it starts to do this. And the different names of God show you a different character trait of who he is. And they all look a little different. And they reveal something about him that maybe you didn't see or know before. El Shaddai is one of those. And so when you think about a disco ball, it shows you, and I had a pastor tell me this 20, 30 years ago, and, and it just always stuck with me that when you see, when you talk about the names of God, it reveals through a disco ball, it just reveals the different ones that represent him and, and shows you a little bit about who he is and who he wants to be in your life. And so we get this God Almighty. And so I just think that's super cool. I'll give this back to you, Jordan, at the end. So thank you. He just looks at me and just shakes his head. He's like, you typical youth pastor. But it's so important to see God's traits because in a world and culture in which we live, and people are like, what is God like? What is he? Who is he? What is this God? Well, this is one of them is God Almighty. And we're going to see that here played out in just a moment. So I want you to think for a moment. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, God, there's just no way? God, there's just no way that this can happen. This doesn't make sense. It, the, the, it, it doesn't, you, you just do the math. Well, years ago, I was, uh, I was at a church. I was the bivocational youth guy. And I was at a season where I was working full-time, but the job was more than full-time. It was more like 50 or 60 hours a week, and I was going to school. And I realized that, and doing the church job, um, and I realized it was I was coming to kind of a, I can't keep doing it this way. And so I went to the pastor, and he was new at the time, and I said, Blake, I said, I can't keep doing this. I, I want to finish school, and my, I, I need a job, and I'm part-time. And he goes, hey, I'll tell you what, why don't we just bring you on full-time? Now, we're at a small church, um, a small church that doesn't have the budget for a full-time guy at all. And I looked at him and I said, Blake, I, I said, I, I've done the math. This is not going to happen. There's just no way. It can't happen. There's, there's just no way. And the doubt was clicking in. And I remember that this God Almighty said, well, Danny, didn't I call you to ministry? And maybe this is the next step. Do you, I got to say this, I'll say this a lot as we talk, is that the God Almighty is revealed regardless of my faith and your faith. He'll demonstrate and he'll prove my faith was pretty, I was like, um, God, I'm just, I mean, just do the math, God. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going from making 5000 a year to way more than that. And the church is like, I remember, I remember, I remember, they were like, we think we can. I hope we can. I'm sure we can. You know, it was like, I'm like, I, mean, I was like, um, so I quit a secure job that I'd been at for 10 years. I worked in an industrial water treatment company. And they said, hey, we want you to come on full-time. Here's what we're going to pay. I was going to take a pay cut too, by the way. And I was like, oh, man, God, this doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Take a pay cut, and they think they may be able to pay you. 
I don't know about a lot of you, but you're not jumping at that, are you? We're like, that sounds like a good opportunity. Let's do that. And so I go to my boss, and he's excited for me. He's a Christian, and he says, hey, you know, blessings. But you're going from part-time to full-time at that little church? I'm like, yeah, I know. And so the church, I remember when they voted on me, it was all, they were all excited, and they went from, yes, we can, I think we can, to I hope we can. And I'm like, oh, great. Now, you know, you want to read, you want to, just, just hold the, just hold that, just hold that resignation letter just lightly, just in case this doesn't work out. But I was, it was amazed because the power of God kept saying, Danny, I called you to this, then trust me with this. Let's do this thing. And the church voted. I left my company that I worked for for 10 years. I started at Prairie Hills Baptist Church. I went from part-time to full-time. I got a paycheck every week. I even got increases. But you know, more importantly, you know what happened in that church? The church grew. It grew in faith. Because the church partnered and said, God, we believe this is the right thing to do. And I stepped over and said, I believe this is the right thing to do. And we said, God Almighty can do this. Because the budget and the dollars and the bodies said, there's not, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like this should happen. Because we know what we bring in. And we know what we want to pay him, and I don't know. And I never, ever missed a paycheck. But more importantly, I saw a church growing in faith in a mighty God who can do stuff. It's just, are you willing to let him? Are you willing to do that? And it was just, that was so important to me. And I, I wrote this down. God's power isn't restricted by our lack of faith. My faith level on that was pretty low, i got to be honest. I wish I could say, I was like, yeah, God, I believe you can do this. I was like, man, God, I hope you can. I think you can. Let's pray about it. You know, I was like, I don't know. This was a big deal. And so we get to this story where Abraham and Sarah, God, in, in, back in Genesis 15, he is, Abraham is like, God, I don't have any kids. And God's like, you're going to have a child. And, and, and so Abraham and Sarah are not, Abram at the time, are not patient with God, so they help him. I got to tell you, if you want to help God, don't. It rarely goes well. <laughs> Typically, it goes badly. And so anytime in the Bible where you see, we're going to help God in this one because he just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He, he, he likes, he, he's got other people to deal with, so maybe we should help. And so they do, and he has a child through one of Sarah's servants, and that just goes south in a hurry. Just do the math on that one. And so He's like, I'm aging. I'm aging fast. He's, he's doing the math. He's like, I'm aging fast. And so is Sarah. We're well beyond childbearing years here. And so I just think it's like, man, God is like, do you trust the God Almighty, the El Shaddai? And here's something I've noticed is this. Too often, excuse me, time often hinders our ability to trust God's presence and authority over our lives. Because God said He's going to do this, and you're like, well, God, I need you to you know, let's, let's get this thing done. You said you're going to do it. You know, some years have elapsed. Some time has taken over. I mean, come on, God, you said you're going to do this. And I think that is so important for us that when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And this God Almighty was going to reveal if Sarah and, and Abraham would trusted him and said, okay, God's going to do it. But, you know, it's funny because I've known this about myself and maybe you do too that oftentimes our circumstances and our season of life kind of cloud the authority and power of God in our lives. 
Something, something, something creeps up in your life, something big. It could be health. It could be marriage. It could be parenting. It could be your job. It could be your faith. Whatever it is, all of a sudden, that's all you can see. And you can't see God's activity and His authority working through those, those seasons of our life. So let's jump into this for a few moments. This is Genesis 17, 1 through 19. We're picking the story back up again because Abraham is like, I don't know, God, are you really... And I love this passage because this is the first passage in the Bible that we get El Shaddai. We get, we, that's the first time it's revealed. This is one of those things that we talked about in the disco ball. It's also a name change from Abram. It's also a name change for Sarah. And it's also the name that's going to be given to their son. So it's really an interesting, it's kind of the name verse so to, chapter, so to speak. So let's take a look at this for a moment. And while, you're, while I'm reading, we're going to read it in kind of on a block but if you notice, I want you to listen for an I will. An I will. There's actually a bunch. So when Abram, exalted father, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you and all and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. I'll stop there. You're going to be the father of many nations. Can you hear Abram going, I just need one right now. Can we start with one? I just need one. You're talking about nations. I don't have one. I can, I can hear the sarcasm rolling. I would be that way. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham, and his name means father of multitude. Isn't that cool? For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make your nations of you, and the kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants. After you, the generations to come will be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you reside as a foreigner, I will give an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. I will be their God. Verse 9, Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, and you must your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Every male shall be among you shall be circumcised. You are, you are to undergo circumcision. It will be a sign of the covenant between you and me. For the generations to come, male among you who are eight days old must be circumcised, including the born in the household or bought with the money from a foreigner, those who are, to be, are not of your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with money, they are to be circumcised. My covenant is, is your flesh to be an everlasting covenant. Have you noticed I will and covenant? This is a, a constant refrain here. He keeps reminding him, I will and covenant. I said I would do this. I will do this. Verse 15, God said to Abraham, as Sarah, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarah, Sarah but now to call Sarah, which means princess. Verse 16, I will bless her and she will give you a son, you will have a son by her. He had a son through a servant, but this will be between them. This will be their child. I will bless her so she will be the mother of the nations. Kings of peoples will come before her. Now, 
I don't know about you, but if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I think you're going to have a child, and you're well beyond childbearing years, you're just going to go, uh, that ship has sailed. That ain't happening. Can you imagine if God said, guess what, at 90, you're going to have a child? I know what it's like, and I, I, and I have a 10-year-old, and I'm almost 60. You know, I was like, uh, you know, normally that's the reason you have children when you're younger. If God had a sense of humor and gave Beth and I a child when we were old, but that's the way it rolls. But it's like God said, you're going to have a child now. And like I, like I told you about my youth position, you just, look at this, you just look at the math, you look at the biology, you look at it and you go, God, really? No. Come on. Now? This, is a, this doesn't work. But see, this is the God Almighty we're talking about here. This isn't just somebody. This is the God Almighty, this El Shaddai who says, I can do this. If I said you can have a child and you will have a child, I can make it happen. Because verse 17 says it all. Because logically, we'd all go, honey, you're living in dreamland. So verse 17, Abraham fell down and praised God. Is that what it says? What does it say? He laughed. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little scared to laugh at God, thinking something might, you know, a little lightning bolt, something. I'm just saying. Abraham fell down. Like, you know, think about when you really are laughing hard and you fall down on the ground. Like, you have, like, lost it laughing. Like, you can't, like, you know when you're laughing so hard you can't even catch your breath because you're laughing that hard? He fell down and said to him, Will I have a son born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Uh, yes. Yes, he will. Yes, you will. <laughs> yes, she will. Yes, you will. And I just like, the God Almighty is that kind of God. And I thought about this for a while. I wrote this down. The long wait for Abraham was to drive home the point that the God who made a covenant with him, El Shaddai, God Almighty, will do what he promised to do. See, time-wise, they were just looking at time. They weren't looking at God anymore. They were looking at the circumstances. They were looking at all the other things. They were blinded by the fact that God is a God of who's mighty and can do these things. So you got to think about this. The Israelites are standing at the Red Sea. God has delivered them out of Egypt, and they're standing at the Red Sea. Up until this point, He has been before them and behind them, protecting them as they've moved along. Now they're standing at the Red Sea, and God says, they're like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Where are you now, God? We should never have left Egypt. We should just be slaves. And God's like, uh, Moses, rise up your staff here. And then he just peels that ocean back like a banana. And so remember what I said a little bit ago that God is also in the nurturing and the sustaining. He's also in the details. Because if the Israelites go across on dry ground, I mean, he had to dry it out enough for them to go across. And then the, the Egyptians try to go and chase them. And it says their wheels got stuck. God of details. God Almighty. Think about David. David against Goliath. He didn't fight. He, everybody, he goes, they can't even put the armor on him because the armor weighs more than him. The sword, he's like, I can't even lift this sword. 
he fights a giant that he should have lost to because the God Almighty was his source of strength and power. Daniel. Just go through the book. Just go through the stories. There's this constant refrain of a God Almighty who steps up, even when our faith is not that good, when our faith is like uh, a little shaky, and He still delivers. I am so thankful for that, by the way. Years ago, um, not that long ago now, but we adopted, and I told you the story about the moment we adopted, but during the, the process of adopting, which has lots of hoops to jump through, uh, I was working at Super Summer. I was a code camp director there for a season. And we were kind of in the, right in the tail end of getting it all done to, to adopt our daughter. Well, midweek while I was there, I get a call from my wife frantically saying, they cannot find paperwork that, um, that we, we need signed. And if it's not signed, and it, it'll hinder our ability to adopt her. And I got to tell you, I was freaking out. Because I remember signing the paperwork. I remember signing it. And they said they didn't have it. And so not, not only I'm, am I mad, I'm also scared. And I'm wondering what in the world's going on. So I leave. I, I, tell, I tell a bunch of staff, I was like, I got to go. I got to go back to Wichita. And we got to figure this out. And on my way there, I am mad, scared, and just, just mortified. Like, what, what's, what's this going to happen? What's this look like? And so about Park City... God reminds me of the moment that Beth and I were coming back from Kansas City that he said that we would have a child in our home. And through that calming moment of getting there, he's like, you're still going to have a child. This girl, Italia Marie Payne, will be your daughter. And he whispered that in my ear as a concert. And so my tension died down. I had a couple of friends call me because I said, pray for me. We're scared. We may lose her. and We don't want to lose her. She's been in our home. The paperwork said that she wasn't my daughter, but she was already my daughter. Already. So we get to Park City, and they call me, and they say, hey, we, we're so sorry. We found the paperwork. And I'm like, I can breathe again. And then I said, we're still going to have a little chat. So I drove on in. But I would just remember that, that God whispers in those moments when, when your circumstances or your season of life are all that you can see, He's trying to whisper into that saying, the God of authority, the God Almighty, the El Shaddai, I'm right here with you. I want to be with you. Listen to my voice. Listen to, I mean, it, was a, it was an amazing moment for me. I mean, I was so grateful for that. And I was thinking about here are some things I think about this God, this El Shaddai, that He wants you and I to remember. And it's a couple of things that I hope you find helpful. He is powerful enough to save and sustain us. He really is. He can walk you through any situation. The consequences may not change. The cancer may not go away. But that God is the same God that will walk you through it. I lost my mom over 20 years ago to cancer. And we prayed that God would heal her. He did eventually. He took her home. But I had her for five longer years than I expected. And I watched my mom be Jesus to people completely bedridden. God worked through her in ways that I could never have imagined. So He is powerful enough to save and sustain. He is a God who keeps His promises. He is an I will God. I will be there. I will 
get you through this. I will care for you. I will demonstrate my power. He loves to protect his sheep. You don't like to think of yourself as sheep, but I hate to tell you this, we are. Um, We are his sheep and he loves us and he sent his son for us. I like this one a whole bunch. We have a God who loves to work through the impossible. You're like, there's no way, God. There's just no way. And, and I would have said that, man, if you'd have looked at the budget of our church when I went, to, I went from part-time to full-time, you'd be like, you're an idiot, Danny. There's no way they're going to be able to pay you. There's just no way. Just, the, the math doesn't, it just doesn't add up. You're going to leave a secure job. I didn't tell you the second part of the secure job. After I left that job and I went full-time at the church, the company I worked for got sold out and I would have been laid off six months later. Didn't know that. God takes great joy to work through your impossible, to carry you through it, to help you see it, to so that He can demonstrate His power in your life because He loves you that much. He really does. Psalms 9.10 says this. He says, those who know your name will trust you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So let's finish this out. Verse 18. Abraham said to, to, said to God, If only Ishmael may live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. And the, name of, the meaning of Isaac is one who laughs. Isn't that funny? I mean, kind of funny, isn't it? Because... Abraham laughs about the, 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 this ain't happening to God. There's no way. And then I love this. Here's our last I will. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So let me leave you with two things. God Almighty often uses time and circumstances to reveal his power in your life and in mine. We don't like time. We like time to happen on our time. Am I right? I like everything to happen in, in my time. I used to, I, used to um, I don't think they do this much anymore, but um, like I would get irate if uh, I went to the checkout and somebody was abusing the 15 items. How many of you are with me on that? Own it. Thank you. Like if, if you had 17 items, I might let you go. But like if you had a cart full, I'm calling in security. I mean, I'm just saying. But time is funny because we're time. How many of you, you you're like, uh, he's not moving off the light. Like, you're almost wanting to hit the horn, but you're trying not to, but you're thinking about it. Or you give him that look when you speed by. Some of you don't do that, right? Yeah, some of you, no, I never do that. Not with the children in the car, though. I'm just saying. It's just funny how we want everything to operate on our time and on our schedule. And typically, we want that to happen right now. And I, I'm telling you, God does not work on our schedule. And you've got to kind of let that go at some point. God is never going to work on your schedule because it doesn't, if he works on your schedule, then it doesn't require any faith on your part and on mine. I hate to tell you that. Every time that I've seen God work in my life, it has been on his schedule at his time. I would have chosen to adopt a child much earlier in my life, but I think God said, it's going to take him that long to be mature enough to have a child. I'm just saying, so... I look back on that now, I'm like, okay, I can see why God waited. But God works through His, it just, it's His timing, and that's what He does. And I'm going to be okay with that because that's where I see Him do His best work in my life and in yours. The other thing I'll say as a close is this. 
You really don't know how your faith is doing until it's tested. You really don't. You really don't know how your faith is really doing until it's tested, until it's put to the, li- to put to the test and said, do I really trust Him to get me through this? Abraham and Sarah, they, they, they kind of failed that test the first go around. It's like, well, you waited too long, God. Did you forget about that covenant you made? I don't, do you, did you write that down? Faith isn't tested, if isn't tested from time to time. We just don't really know until we see a moment. Well, I, I go back to the, when I became a full-time Man, it was tested. I was pushed. Like, do I really, I mean, I think you can, hope we can. Let's pray about it. Let's see if we can make this happen. I mean, um, but man, I grew. Oh, my word, I grew. Because I, I, saw, I saw a group of believers step out and say, I think we should do this. I think this is right. And, and I got excited. I was like, I think, I'm, and I agreed with them. The God Almighty that we read about doesn't want to be just be here. He wants to be here and here. It's one thing to read about it, folks, and you're going to nod with me and agree with me, but is this God going home with you? Is this El Shaddai, this God Almighty, is He going to school with you? Is He going to work with you? Is He in your marriage? Is He in your parenting? See, this is, this is so important for us because when you think about the names of God, he wants, that, he wants to be a part of all of our lives, not just some of it. And I, I like this because I'll finish with this. Matthew 28. Jordan, you saw it about the first service. I don't know if you alluded to it, second service. But it, it's this idea that this is what we're about. Uh, I love this because I was thinking about the word I will just really spoke. Like one night when I was prepping for this last week, like, I woke up, like, really early thinking and praying through this way earlier than you would want. And I was that excited about it. And the I will really stuck with me because it just shows this God Almighty. Because a God Almighty says, I will, okay? A God Almighty says, I will do this. And I love this because this is what Jesus said. This is in Matthew. You're going to be familiar with the passage if you've grown up in church at all. He said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So all power. So in that moment, Jesus is telling the disciples, you have everything that's from heaven, every, you, everything that's there is at your disposal to go reach the nations. Everything, all authority, all power, everything is at your disposal. If I ask Jordan, I'm a woodworker, when I'm not doing this, if Jordan came to my house and said, hey, Danny, I want to make something beautiful for my wife. And I said, great, Jordan, here's a hammer. Go figure it out. Could he make much? No. But I will say this. I have about every, like when you're a woodworker, you have like every conceivable tool and then the tools you want to have that you think you should have that you may never use. It's like a car guy does the same thing. But if I said to Jordan, Jordan, after we're done, let's drive back up to my house and you have full access to every tool in my garage and we're going to build something beautiful for your wife. That's what Jesus is saying here. I'm not just giving you, I'm not not limiting you to something. I'm giving you full access to everything that I have so that you can do what I've asked you to do. God Almighty wants to work through you, so he's giving you access to everything. 
all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so go and make disciples or make followers of all people in the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything, and I love this, New Century Version says this, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. I will. So it gives you this idea that this, this, this El Shaddai God that we've been talking about is a God of authority who gives you full access to everything that He has so that you can be at work for Him and on mission for Him to the people around us. And so here's how you can make this practical. Take the God Almighty and take Him to school. You, Easter's coming up, guys. It's about a month away. It's like the easiest time to invite somebody to church next to Mother's Day. I'm just saying. Invite them. Say, well, I don't know what to say. Ask this El Shaddai to, in all authority and all power to go, give me the words to say. Give me the right things to say. Folks, don't, don't listen to media and all the other stuff out there. People are hungry for the Word of God. They really are. They're hungry for the Word of God. Don't assume, well, they're, they're going to say no. Even if they do, be faithful. Be faithful. But what if they say yes? What if they say yes? When I was a youth guy, our student ministry grew immensely, not because of me, because God worked through five students. And you know what they chose to do? That every time they came to church, they never, they committed. They never, ever came alone. They always brought somebody. And they would not tell you that it was El Shaddai, but they believed that God was working through them, and they trusted in His power and authority. And so I had one girl, her name was Alicia. She actually played basketball at Emporia State. She was an eighth grader. Parents weren't believers. She came to faith in Christ, and she fell in love with Jesus. And, and, she, and God used her. It was unbelievable. When she was a senior in high school, the entire varsity basketball team from our school was going to our church. It was such an amazing season to watch young men and women saying, I believe in the power of God, that God is in the business of reaching people and transforming their lives. So if you believe that the El Shaddai is true, then he's still in that business. And don't tell me that you don't know what to say. And don't tell me you're too old or you're too young or you've not been a Christian enough because that's nowhere in the Bible. It doesn't say that anywhere. It doesn't say that. So you don't get to, those aren't get out of jail free cards. And so as you, as you walk out of here, think, God, am I going to allow you to show up in the daily of my life? See, God can do the Red Sea moments, but more likely he's going to do the little things in each of our lives to reveal his authority and power. That's what he likes to do. So that you get that sustaining ability that you go, God, is, he's at work here. He's this, he's this, he's this. So go in all authority and all power of the El Shaddai who wants to demonstrate his might in your daily life in the simplest things and in the biggest of things. So let's pray. God, I give you thanks for a mighty God that that is one of your attributes, that you are a mighty God in my world and it's the little things and in the big things that you demonstrate it. And I pray that I don't allow my circumstances or my season of life to hinder your voice, or my ability to see your activity. I pray that we would be 
courageous to take the message of hope to a, a world that is hopeless, to people out there that are wondering, is there something out there more than what I've got? If we believe you are the hope of the world, I pray that we would have the courage to trust in your authority and power and might take that message to a watching world. Father, we are coming up rapidly on Easter. It is the most important holiday that we celebrate because if we don't have a risen Savior, we don't have a story to tell. And it is in your might that we see what Easter is really about. Thank you, God, for your I wills. Thank you, God, for your covenant. Thank you, God, for being a mighty God. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Man, it's been such a privilege to be with you this morning. I pray that a mighty God is revealed to you and reflected to you, and you get to see it and get just celebrate it. So God bless. We'll see you real soon. Take care.